and it's uh it's eight o'clock. Yes. Woohoo! It's eight o'clock, so it means it's time to start the docket. But before we start the docket, I want to play a little ditty that we always play at the beginning of the show. It's the official theme song for Face Radio. Do you guys know what it is? No. no. Somebody call the doctor. Of course, my co-host. She of knows. Of course, I know. She knows the business. This is Cat uh, Robo Show and the Darling Misfits. I get to see Cat this Saturday and next Saturday. The wait is finally over. Twice this month, I get to hang out with this fantastically talented, ridiculously awesome person and her crew. So, without further ado, with the official theme song to Face Radio, which we do every Thursday from 7 to 10 p.m. So, somebody call the doctor. It's an emergency.
every time. Yes, you do. It's so much fun. But I've listened to that song oh so many times. So, yeah. Anyways, that was uh, Cat Robe Show and somebody called the doctor. If you've heard that, then that means the show has officially, officially gotten into the docket section. I want to do a quick uh, round the room here to see who's on our panel. Obviously, this motherfucker right here is uh, driving the ship right now. Sitting across from me is... Uh, fact checker Tara. Delightful. And the Lady Viking. Mm-hmm. Sitting across from uh, uh, Kyle by design. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Kyle is uh, breaking your uh, breaking his uh, face for radio cherry tonight. That's true. This is also the first time I've sat on a panel. Um, I've I've sat down at the mic and talked a bunch, uh, a lot on red light. But uh, this is the first time I've actually read a docket and get to talk about things. Oh, that's awesome. That means yeah. you actually want to participate in this instead of just hang out and insult people, which is awesome. Yeah, exactly. I How do it. I get on that hang out and insult people tip? <laughs> I think I think I actually that means I want to hang out and be insulted. Right? That's what ha- is happening. Yes. Okay. Cool. Cool, sweet. All right, lamb chop. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and then also uh, on the show for the first time tonight, uh, it's uh, one of my best friends in the entire world right here. Who are you, lady? I'm Chrissy Lala. Oh, also breaking your cherry. Yay. Mm. Well, you know, her radio face cherry. <laughs> Quick reminder, we do this every single Thursday from 7 to 10 p.m. Um, and if you're enjoying the music that you're listening to on the show, Remember, we've got a show on Tuesdays called Local Love. It's our highest rated, most popular show. Everybody comes in for that. Uh, And that's Tuesdays from 9 to midnight. And we always go over into what we call red light. So that's another hour or two of hanging out and shooting the shit. No holds barred. So it's a lot of fun. Tune in on Tuesday. And if you're into the derpy, chemi, flat earthy, hollow earthy, whatever stupid, political, savvy, snarky shit uh, that a lot of people are into, then please tune into our other show on Sundays uh, from 6 to 9, and that's The Plex. And they always go into red light as well. So stick around for a good couple hours each time you want to tune in for some fun. Um, After I've done the shameless plug of our organization, let's talk (laughs) about a little Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Yay! So um, this new trailer was released, I think, five days ago. And I knew that it was going to be awesome the minute I saw Baby Groot. Yeah. Because if Disney is good at doing one thing, it's marketing to kids. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if there is going to be one thing that is going to rake in the money from Guardians of the Galaxy 2, it's every single little doll and figure and plush thing and anything that has the image of Baby Groot on it, kids are going to want it. They're going to go yeah. nuts. Yeah. Adults are going to go nuts. I, 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 I want a baby group. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, this uh, this trailer opens up with, uh, you know, Rocket talking to baby Groot, you know, about this bomb. And, and um, just a quick side note, if you guys are wondering if Vin Diesel came back to reprise the voice of Groot, he did. It, it's just heavily synthesized. Right. Everybody came back. I really love that he accepted that role and has literally one line the whole thing. Yeah. Like, just <laughs> different inflection. That's it. Yeah, like his his part can be done in like two days, and that's a lot of work if it takes two days. And yeah. and still made like a mountain of cash. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like a mountain, Are like a literal mountain of cash. He sees one of the one of the top build in the cast there, and Vin Diesel as Groot. You know? I'm, I'm I mean, pretty sure that's actually even what his contract specified to is a mountain. That was the, the oh, exact money. number. <laughs> so I want a small mountain of cold, hard, non denominational cash uh, in my backyard. Right. Uh, this tr- 
trailer or this teaser actually because we haven't really seen a full trailer yet. This is no, no, the no, second this teaser. Is, this is uh, technically speaking, this is actually the first trailer. Is it? Yeah. Okay. The first one that we got a couple a uh, couple of weeks ago. Uh, was the teaser, and this is our first this full is our first trailer because yeah. it's over two minutes, so it's actually a, a full trailer as opposed to being under the two minute mark. Uh, cool. And we so we should get two more. I mean, this is a May release, mm-hmm. so guarantee we'll get another one come like February, probably March, Hopefully. and then we'll get our final in April. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say, um, you know, obviously Baby Groot is the star. I, I love the scene where he's chasing the dude on the platform. And he's got like his Gur face on. Uh, he actually, little, he actually looks a little girl. bit like Gur. Um, and huh. he he goes after this guy, and this guy is just freaking out, you know. And I absolutely love that. But I think for me, uh, the the end of the trailer was probably the funniest, where they're all sitting in that therapy session. And yeah. this is the this is the scene where we are introduced to Mantis, right? Mm. And uh, and and uh, uh, who's the big guy? Oh, um, that's um, Drax. Drax. Drax the Destroyer. Drax is literally just laughing his ass off at Star-Lord for having feelings for... uh, uh, You have love. Right. No, no, no. (laughs) Sexual love. For her. I mean, dies. Loses his shit. Okay, do me now. Do Do me. 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 (laughs) Because you have a hidden emotion, Drax. Sorry. like (laughs) It's not not happening. Yeah. It's so funny. I'm really curious here because they they speak about uh, Yondu and Nebula um, now basically becoming a part of the Guardians. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I love... um, um, Help me out with the name here. The guy who plays Yondu. It's... uh, um, um uh roker um god damn it i feel like a terrible nerd. al roker no no, no. <laughs> not al roker I, that was the first thought in my head no no um that's um fuck no it's not al roker it's um michael rooker excuse me michael rooker michael rooker yeah uh, i mean he uh he's been in so many of james gunn's movies um i mean slither uh being you know probably the one of like serious note there uh, yeah, that's Michael Rooker. Um, but, I mean, he's a great Yondu. I love him as Yondu. He's such a dick. Um, but, you know, he's just so charismatic at the same time. Um, this, this, this cast that they picked, um, I mean, I, I don't know. Just, it, it's phenomenal. But I am looking forward to seeing uh, Mantis here as the new character um, that we're being introduced to. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, she actually comprises a team. She's in the comics. She's one of the main teams. So to bring her in, it just kind of made sense. She seems like she'll be like a really interesting and integral character, uh, even if she doesn't move beyond this uh, part of the franchise, because it looks like from from this trailer, at least like maybe she has a bigger role than the trailer led us to yeah. believe because they showed us a lot of like the, you know, movie one team, mm-hmm. which, you know, is is understandable. But um, like if they even if she becomes like a peripheral character and like moves on, I think it's a really cool, like she, she could be a really like cool and integral part of the story for at least just this movie. Well, she's going to be essential in this movie because, um, she was raised by, um, Star-Lord's father. Oh, interesting. Mm. Oh, so who, that's, who, that's going to see who we're, we're going to see. Him. Yeah. That's, um, um, and you know, I've got the list in front of me. Isn't it Jeff Bridges? Um, no, it's not Jeff Bridges. It's uh, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. That's Kurt Russell. Russell. Kurt Russell. Russell. Wow. Russell's playing Star Lord, yeah. but he's also oh, playing. Awesome. Um, he's also playing the um, uh, ego, the living planet. They're supposed to be like the same character, yeah. though. How that's going to happen uh, is anybody's guess. 
Um, but there's a ridiculous list of people in here uh, who are actually going to be in the film. And I don't know if you guys know or not, but Sylvester Stallone is in this. What? And he's playing what? the second in command under Glenn Close in the Nebula. Nebula he's going to be heavily uh, like makeup, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, I mean, unless they make him, if if they make him pink, I will fucking jump for joy because there's a couple different um, classes of um, the uh, the people who live on that planet, um, and you know, like the I guess the the main class anyway is Glenn Close's class and all that. They look like us, but then there's pink versions, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and then there's blue versions. But I think that those I don't know I, in that verse I'm not as as uh, as versed as I should be. Um, but then we've got. Uh, Do you guys ever watch any? Um, you guys uh, ever watch any uh, Sons of Anarchy? I know you did. Yes. Uh, oh, yes. So oh. Chibs, he's, oh, Chibs, he's also oh, in really? this. Nice. He's playing he's a character great. called uh, Tolk. Um, and I'm not okay. entirely sure, but I think he's one of the Ravagers. He was in Braveheart. Oh, he was in Braveheart. He'll be good yeah, in Ravager. Yeah, he was in a grip of fucking movies. He was in movies. Sin City, too. Yeah. Yes, he was. Um, and then, of course, uh, Nathan Fillion is also doing a special guest appearance yeah, in the yeah. film. He's uh, he's playing somebody named Simon Williams, which sounds very Terran. So I'm guessing, unless you know, I don't know, maybe somebody from the past. But of course, Nathan Fillion's going to fucking show up in a Chris or a James Gunn film because mm-hmm. it's Nathan Fillion. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm totally looking forward to this film. Um. And uh, this, uh, from what it's reported, this is really kind of a standalone. This is not going to tie in in any way to the other Marvel movies. It'll tie in. With the the chronology of you know the Guardians films because it's a Guardian movie, mm-hmm. but we're not going to get any Thanos. There shouldn't be any talk about uh, any um, Infinity Stones um, or the Tesseract or, or the Tesseract or anything, anything that's going to be saved for uh, Thor. Right. Thor is supposed to weigh heavily on um, Thor on Ragnarok. the Tesseract, and yeah. it's it's like a buddy movie with him and Hulk, and uh, they're apparently they come to blows with uh, Thanos at the end of the film, from what I understand. Um, so yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Volume 2, I should say, comes out in May, uh, and, uh, it looks like fun. James Gunn came back, and, and he's just, he's gonna do a brilliant job again, I'm sure he is. So, um, and on a side note on that, the, uh, the, uh, trailer for Homecoming, the new Spider-Man, is supposed to come out tonight, and we were hoping to get it, um, and we were gonna talk about him, but Jimmy Kimmel sucks, and he's not on for another hour and a half on the West Coast, so, um, <laughs> we'll throw that on the docket for next week. Yeah, for we'll sure. do that. So, um, any, any other thoughts on Guardians? Uh, one of the things that I think is really cool about it is I think uh, Chris Pratt in particular is really enjoying the character that he plays because he's done a lot of like outreach for sick kids and stuff like that as the character, as Star-Lord, which is fucking neat. Like, and he loves going and doing it and like thinks it's amazing. And so like... It, it kind of is amazing. And yeah, like that's that's a great thing. And that's like a great way to like, like actually make your franchise feel like personal. He's not only a great actor, he's a great dude. Yeah. Well, let's so, be honest. He, he's having so much enjoyment out of playing Star Lord because it—that's it, basically on. Chris Pratt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's basically Chris Pratt. I really yeah. like the idea of Kurt Russell playing his dad. Yeah, you know, like yeah. even yeah, if he is, fine. even that's if he cool. is like like a you know a weird version of Kurt Russell, but Kurt Russell <laughs> being Chris Pratt's dad in pretty much any universe, I'm kind of into. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm down like with a, it. I mean, I just now I kind of want to go and and watch just. Overboard because that's the only Kurt <laughs> Russell movie that I can watch. I love that movie. Oh, no, you gotta watch Stargate, yeah. man. Watch Stargate. That movie is Stargate is great, tits. dude. Escape from New York. Okay, man. thank you. Right? Yeah, and don't watch Escape from LA. No, I like yeah. Escape from LA. Oh, big, big oh, trouble no. in Little China. Big trouble big in Little trouble China. In little China. China. Fucking amazing. Freaking classic. All right. Well, I'm sure we could man. run down all of our favorite Chris uh, 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 <laughs> Kurt, Kurt Russell <laughs> films here, uh, and I, I'm sure we left out a couple. Soldier. 
horrible film, but great. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a really bad one. One last note. I'm very much waiting for the soundtrack for this new one. Yes. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't uh, wait to see. I, I, what, I, I yeah, no what, what are they gonna, gonna do? They're gonna th- the, from what I understand, there's another Bowie song that they're gonna throw on there. There's Yay. some Fleetwood Mac on there. Oh, good. Um, and then some early Journey as well. Um, and I mean the last one they put out went like double platinum. I mean for uh, for right. songs that came out in the seventies, the album was a big hit. People yeah. for, just for love taking uh you know classic rock songs or even modern songs like out, way out of context and, and it makes them new again. Yes. So, yeah. Tarantino yeah. did a lot of that. Fully. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That was a lot mm-hmm. of like the thing that made his film stand out when they, when he was new on the scene was that like his choice of music was 20, 30 years old. Yeah. So right. I think uh, it's clear that we're all really looking forward to this and we will probably have one of the, uh, the early shows so that we can go catch a midnight showing like we're going to do next week with Rogue One. And like we did last space for radio with fantastic peace. Uh, yes, yes. Yes. Like we did with that. So, um, yes, delightful we're awesome and nerdy and um yeah and now we gotta start scouting for next week because next week is fucking rogue one <laughs> finally uh so christine brought a story up onto the docket actually she did quite a work on uh, a lot of work on the docket this week because i was behind the scenes editing and i don't know doing other things so um christine you want to take it away yeah it's the viking quit quit Fuck. trying quit With the trying to names and shit i'm sorry quit trying to dox me man uh it's all good uh, so, uh, it was just announced this week that the BBC is going to be adapting, uh, his dark materials into a television series. And from what I understand, uh, they're, they've already, uh, got a 40 episode commitment. There's going to be eight episodes a season and Holy fuck serious. That's five years. Yeah. And, uh, this, this, uh, show is being produced by people who produce Dr. Who. Um, the guy who is adapting it recently worked on uh, the the recent play that J.K. Rowling wrote, uh, The Cursed Child, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. So this this series has got a, a huge backing behind it already. Uh, and it's going to be I mean, I'm excited. Um, so I, I don't know how many fam- people are familiar with this series, but, uh, you know, it, it starts it's three novels. And uh, Tara actually knows all of them by heart. It's uh, let's see. It's, it's uh, the Golden Compass is the first one, and the uh, the Subtle Knife is the second one, and the Amber Spyglass is the third one. Now, a movie was made out of the Golden Compass uh, a couple of years ago with Daniel Craig and Nicole Kidman. If yes, I'm not mistaken. this is this yeah. is correct. Um, the movie was a huge box office flop, flop. and Which sucks because so it had Sam Elliott in it. It, and I it love did. Sam it did a lot. So it was a halfway decent movie to watch. It was not what they should have done with the golden compass. The first book should have been two movies because this book is chock full of not just information and character development, but like a lot of really, really, really interesting shit in general. It's like, like the, uh, the Sam Elliott character is way more like, like Sam Elliott did a really good job with that character. Cause he does a really good job with that kind of character. Mm-hmm. But there is like, like mountains more character development in there that you you fall more in love with him and he's just amazing well sam elliott pretty much just has the one character so. yeah well but sam elliott that that's the character basically in yeah. in the book too yeah. so like he was born to play virgil Earp. like that was pretty much okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah no absolutely it's, awesome movie yeah. it's but another so, good kurt russell film yes I'm, oh. tombstone 
damn. <laughs> it all comes back to Kurt Russell. I opened this horrible Pandora's box. I'm so upset with myself right now. Maybe he's the new Kevin Bacon. Ew. Oh. <laughs> um, but I am really, I had no idea. I had not actually been privy to the docket uh, before I sat down on the panel. But now we keep coming up with these things and I'm so excited about. And this to me, now that Christine is, or that the Viking has said, sorry, my bad, my bad, my bad. I did it. Uh, it's my fault. It, Fuck me See, up. See, I'm the other way around, and I get confused when people call you by your actual name. Yeah. And I'm like, who? And they're like, the Viking. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So, so um, you said that the uh, the writer who's adapting it recently worked with J.K. Rowling for The Cursed Child. Mm-hmm. That is really exciting. It's got some of the producers and directors from Doctor Who. Is that what you said? Yeah, it does. And the 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 writer who's adapting this is Jack Thorne. And he's worked on some other BBC programs before, but he he has collaborated on the upcoming play. I'm not sure if that be the live action play, I guess, that they're going to release eventually for Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. So, uh, uh, well, yeah. no, it's, it, it was a big play. I believe uh, it's that still it, going. I believe oh, that so it opened adapted yeah. into a book. Right. Well, the script. Yeah, the script became a book. Yeah. So. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I'm just amazing everything that you said in your introduction to this docket piece is like i i i can't even i can't even i'm done and that's like, pretty astounding honestly that they're they're already committed to five seasons yeah no and that's great because that means that's going to give them the room that they need to really flesh this out i mean i i haven't read these books yet they've been on yeah. my reading list forever and i want to read them especially before the bbc series comes out because yeah. i'm going to watch that shit like there's no tomorrow but um, but I did see the Golden Compass movie. And uh, I, one thing that I absolutely loved about uh, this movie was that it pissed off the Christians big time. Really? Well, the, one of the premises of the, the film, and I, I'm sure it's in the book, is that uh, everybody has a, a creature that... Uh, they're called demons. They're ca- they call them demons. And, and, in, and in this film, the, the overarching society that's kind of in control of everybody is very, very like the Catholic Church like back in the day, or at least I got that vibe from it in the film. It is actually called the church in, it's in called the book. The church. It's called the church in the book. And it's, uh, so the main character, Lyra, she has, she has a demon when, when uh, children are small. Um, their demons have no real shape. They can take on the shape of any animal. And uh, demons can talk to the person they're soul bonded with. Like, it's literally a thing when you pop out of the womb, this little thing, this little wisp turns into maybe a mouse at some point or a moth or... Like that episode of the Venture Brothers with the dragon head that followed him around? Sort of. Okay. Uh, Yeah, a little bit similar. Uh, But um, so the the premise of the first book is uh, the church is experimenting with uh, separating children from their demons. And it's basically destroying their childhood and destroying them as people and adults. So like mm-hmm. religion. Yes. Ba- basically yeah. like okay. religion does. And um, it's having to do with this thing called dust, which they get more in depth in the second and third books. Dust is a, uh, like uh, it's basically uh, your aura, like the thing that makes you, you and um, the presence of dust is, not very beneficial to the church because it makes you think and do and react like a person and people don't want that like people in charge don't want that so they want control so they're trying to experiment with severing specifically just children from their demons because their demons are not fully formed yet and um it's painful not only for the demon 
but for the child as well, for the person, for the person uh, connected to the demon. And it's like this whole like silver, it's very gruesomely uh, described in the book. So it's we like, want to read these. Yeah, books, you got it. You got to read it. You got to read it. Okay. Cause I've, I've known about these books for a while, but like not enough to like, Oh, okay. I'm going to go ahead and read these. But it does just so happens that I, uh, one of my very best friends works in a discounted bookstore. So I could easily go buy the, uh, the, uh, the entire trilogy. If you have any interest in um, quantum theory or um, alternate reality or any of the theoretical stuff between like um, traveling in dimensions, traveling in dimensions or like quantum neutrons or okay, yeah. the basic yeah. idea that an electron is never still. And when it disappears, it doesn't really disappear. It's in an alternate dimension. And like honestly dealing with all of these um, real life quantum theory questions in a practical manner like whereas these people can actually kind of use them so okay. his his dark materials ends up being really things to use to practice quantum theory okay um do we have a a, a release date i mean this has just been commissioned any idea when this is going to come out you know they they don't say and uh they haven't even started casting for it yet yeah. but I, I would imagine it's at least a year or two away yeah um who's, who's producing this BBC. Uh, the BBC. Oh. And a bunch of people that worked on Doctor Who for the BBC and a bunch of other programs. It's probably going to have that similar kind of production value to it. I like it. Yeah. I, I'm a big Whovian, so. Yeah. Um, well, that's pretty dope. And uh, now, honestly, I'm really thinking that I'm going to go uh, to the bookstore because I've been looking for something. I would uh, also su read. suggest if you have time and you spend a lot of time in your car, say you're an Uber driver or something like that, um, the book on tape version of them are also very good. Okay. So the, um, I'm not, I don't remember who narrates them, but, um, it is definitely listenable and I enjoyed it. Thank you. So, uh, last story here on the docket. Um, we're going to give a couple hot minutes to, and then, uh, and then we're going to take a break. We're going to go into our uh, tech science section. Um, the Viking threw another story up here, um, about a new Netflix series called Spectral. And I, really had no idea what I was looking at for a minute, but these soldiers are, are going through these burnt out husks of buildings and mm -hmm. they, they run across this, this, this apparition almost, uh, that just takes out this entire team. Uh, and so they go and hunt this thing down and they, and they find it and it's just this like wispy ethereal. I don't know. It looks like it is like something that can form into a human shape, but yeah. it's not specifically that. Yeah. yeah. Some non corporeal yeah. thing. And I don't know. It just looked really cool. It um, does. It, it looks kind of video game, action video I game. I thought it was yeah. a video game for a second. Yeah. You know, like uh, Ghost Recon or something like that. It had that look to exactly. it. Exactly. It has that feel and, and the weapons that they're using are, you know, very like futuristic video mm -hmm. gamey type weapons. Um, so actually, this isn't a series. It's just a film. It's a, it's oh, a, it's movie. a movie. It's a, yeah. a Netflix original movie. It comes out on the ninth. Yeah, I think so that's tomorrow. A, yeah. a really interesting move for Netflix to make as a company too, because they've they've found some success with some series that they've done really well. Yeah. Um. But obviously, also I mean, like branching off to movies. Yeah, like Stranger yeah. Things was a smash hit, and like House of Cards did really well. Orange is the New Black did really well, but to to make just a feature film is cool too, because it takes it takes quite a while to make an entire series, but a film like like people aren't going to binge watch it in two days. They they might watch it like a couple of times over yeah. the course of a month, you know? Yeah. So Especially um, if it's good and it, it, yeah. it looks like it's got a, a fair production value. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it's definitely pandering to the, uh, the, the militaristic side of our society there. 
but you know, with a good science fiction bent. And I don't know if you guys noticed the city that they're running it through in the trailer or not, but it's London. Oh, is it London? Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's a, there's there's a lot of landmarks that I was like, oh, why do they always go after London? And somebody's always bombing London. I get dude, a the English just fucked it. with people for so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> it's just insta karma. Yeah, it's either London or New York. You know, those yeah. are the two major ones you see yeah. in the the disaster films. But um, L.A. is the one that's celebrated too. Like people really like, but like that's like a like, oh cool, L.A. got demolished, and then there's more shit happening in right. this universe. Yeah. yeah. Um. Fair enough. Uh, so actually, you know, this this movie has a couple of, of actors in it that are pretty big. Uh, it's got Bruce Greenwood in it. I noticed. And uh, if you guys haven't been watching the latest, greatest Star Trek movies, he was uh, Captain, Admiral Pike. Admiral Captain Pike, Pike and then became Admiral Pike. Yeah. And then and, he died in the second one. And also uh, Emily Mortimer is in this. She is she a is. British actress and she has been in a slew of really amazing films. Uh, I first saw her in Elizabeth back in the day. Um, and she's been in a ton of stuff. So the other two actors in this is James James Badge Dale, who I haven't heard of, and Max Martini, who looks familiar, but I'm not too sure about his work. But um, there's a lot of people. Oh, he was in Fifty Shades of Grey and Pacific Rim. Cool. Okay, that's interesting. I'm gonna have to look at the uh, the cast list there. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So yeah, it it looks it looks definitely cool. It de- looks video gamey. Like if you were ever really into first person shooters like doom or quake or any of those types of games, uh, I think you're going to, I think you're going to like the visual concept of this movie. I don't know whether or not it's going to actually have a good plot. Mm-hmm. Um, but visually speaking, it, it looks like it's going to be pretty awesome. And you know what? Netflix makes really good stuff. So yeah, yeah. I've got high yeah. hopes. Yeah. Again, the, the production value looks pretty solid. Uh, you know, it didn't look, uh, so we were just talking about, you know, uh, um, things released on uh, Sci-Fi Network like 10 years ago. It definitely didn't have that, you know, that really rough, shitty feel. But uh, let's be honest again. Netflix is becoming like has become a, a rather prominent player uh, in the uh, in the field of television and film. And absolutely. They, I think they've sort of uh, sorry. To, no, 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 drop, no. But I ahead. think they've, they've actually led um, this idea of streaming because there were a lot of other companies that started doing it afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, Hulu. Hulu, uh, HBO, Amazon, like, mm-hmm. you know, a bunch of people have done it. And then um, they've also hopped on board of creating their own material, um, mm-hmm. which is really neat because I think it can actually kill like the dinosaur cable television thing that we've had to deal with for so long. And you can actually more hand select your programming and be more entertained by your entertainment rather than just taking what you can find. Funny enough, in the last, uh, I think it's like eight years, I think I had uh, cable television for six months. That makes Out sense. Eight years. That makes a lot of sense because cable television is a lot of the same crap over and over again. Yeah, and I hate commercials. Yeah, I just don't like commercials. My life is just so much richer without sitting. That's in- why I wouldn't do a Hulu subscription for so long. Now they got Hulu Premium, which you pay and you don't get commercials. Yeah. But for the longest time, they had commercials. I'm like, no. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll stick with my Netflix. One of the things I also hate about Hulu is that they sometimes just have clips of shit, and like, oh, it's no, like, see. The, yeah, like it's that you're like, oh, cool, like I get two minutes of fucking Bob's Burgers or something that yeah. I wanted to watch, and that's it. Is that is that with the paid uh, or the no, premium? No, no, that's just the. Oh, that's the that that's was the free version. The free version. That's, yeah, that's the yeah. cocktees version. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's how they get you. They give you that yeah. little bit of crack for free, and then you once you're hooked, yeah. you know, you start paying. For Thank it. goodness for Netflix, though. Uh, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever looked into uh, um, how much money Netflix actually loses annually, and because they have so many subscribers. Um, you know, I think it's like, uh, I think it's every, it's every like one in three in the United States has a Netflix account. It, it might, might even be two in three now, but 
uh, a vast majority of those uh, those accounts are actually uh, streaming service. Mm-hmm. And so, you yeah. know, that's what $10 a month from a person. And yeah. you can, you can, you can have two accounts on that. And I share my account with like the rest of my family. Right. I have one account and then there's the other account that everybody else uses, yeah. which is totally fine. I'll pay $10 a month for, you know, my mom to be able to watch her religious stuff. My nieces and nephews to watch, you know, my little pony or whatever. Right. But with, with the success of Netflix and what they're doing with their platform, they're doing with film, they're doing with television, you know, and their streaming service, they are actually losing more money than they're bringing in every year because they keep producing stuff because they keep making things under the Netflix banner. I wonder if this is one of the reasons why they, uh, Disney is thinking about acquiring them. Which I hope doesn't fucking happen. Yeah, me yeah. too. But that's really not but a if, smart business move either way. But if they're hemorrhaging money, Disney can... Well, they're not yeah. hemorrhaging, yeah. but like they're barely breaking even uh, annually. Yeah. Mm. Well, you know, it, they have to do one or two things. They need to, you know, restrict people sharing service to other people who aren't paying for subscriptions, or they need to up the price. Yeah. Um, you know, well, they did just do a boost a couple months ago. They I did. went from five to they ten. Did. Yeah. But I mean, I'd pay twenty dollars a month for this. I mean, I use yeah. my Netflix regularly. Yeah. yeah. I, I still get the DVDs. I've I've always had the three DVD thing and, and okay. I pay I think what twenty seven a month for it. That's nothing. I no. mean Yeah, I actually miss I like once they switched it over to the streaming because like, I had the basic package where you got like two DVDs a month or something, and then uh I, I miss that because a lot of the, the films that are like kind of hard to find films and stuff are stuff that you can only get through the mail through them. Right. Yeah. Which is why I kept it. So, but hey, you know, I'm glad Netflix is continuing to branch out and do all kinds of cool stuff. They they have really set the bar high and are yes. really kind of like taking over the television world. Um, you know, I got to say network TV is suffering because of these streaming services and also the big ca- bigger cable networks. Um that are making better quality stuff. Yep. Um, people are tired of watching sitcoms. They want to watch some good shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they yeah. don't want to stick around for 20 episodes. Yeah. No. And they also want to be able to binge watch it. Yeah. That's right. Oh, you know? no. And it, that's the ADD uh, generation. That yeah. We, have. <laughs> we want everything now. Actually, that was something that we skip. Oh, I, I forgot to say when we were talking about Westworld, that was something I really appreciated about, appreciated about it because I watched it on HBO now. Um, and I, I actually had something to do every week. And like would go and watch it every week. And like that was a really cool feeling because you were like, ooh, I like I get to sit down and do this thing now. It's like special. It's more <laughs> I'm more involved in it because I, I don't get to just sit there and watch fucking eight episodes in a row. Right. Uh, I'll take my binge. I like the binge too. Well, yeah, I do too, binge. but I think I paid closer attention to the series. Ah. In, I'll, in I'll rewatch sense. it at least three more times for the next season. Sure. So yeah, yeah, I, I probably will too. I actually I want to go through Stranger Things again too. Uh yeah, I'm done. Like three times already. Um, so, uh, final musical break here in, uh, in this section, we went a little over, but that's fine. Um, so this is, uh, Tencent Herring with the light. And when you come back, we're going to get into some tech talk. Stay tuned. Your heart. 
Sent herring with the light this is face for radio and uh the lady viking has now taken over the ship mutiny. as always viking should mutiny there's no mutiny on my ship oh no no we um we we share the duties of the show this is true but oh see i was just i was joking that the mutiny had already happened <laughs> no yeah. no but whenever you do introduce yourself i always imagine like dum 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 yeah. dum, brum, dum dum you know just some big war drums Somebody, you know, just echoing over the valley well before you see the ar- uh, the army. Uh-huh. You hear the drums. You know, actually, Vikings uh, used horns. Oh, excuse me. To sound yeah. uh, when they were on ships or when they were on land. So kind of like a, a way for, for them to know, you know, hey, we're, we're getting this kind of close to land. Um, so, yeah, picture horns. Uh, but I think they might have used drums. I don't know. I think they, they would have done it for the rowing. I think it was it was more like a rhythmic to keep everything everyone in time thing. They might have done that it. Was the, they might have done it. Yeah. But anyways, we digress. Um, yep. So topping our science and technology docket, uh, some unfortunate news did come out today, and I did want to talk about this man very 
uh, briefly, but uh, John Glenn uh, died today, and he was the first American to orbit Earth uh, out in outer space back in February of 1962. Oh, no, 62, excuse me. 62, um, for four hours and 55 minutes and 23 seconds. I mean, imagine the cojones on that guy going into a little aircraft and, you know, orbiting around the Earth back when the technology was still first being made. Let's be clear. This wasn't an aircraft. This was basically a small sphere that you could touch the sides of if you put your arms even halfway. Um, They were still experimenting with heat shields, um, you know, this cramped little space. Um, He had to have a big oxygen tank that he was, like, tethered to the whole time. I mean, this guy... I feel like the real terrifying wow. thing with that, like, because I mean, obviously, like, I, I believe he would have had to have been a pilot and like trained with that sort of thing first, because I think that that's just kind of normal for for most uh, spacemen. Uh, but, right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, so he knows how to fly and how like that all all of the math and everything and the physics mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. So, but just the, like the sheer force that you can like, oh, I've been in like basically zero gravity and then I come back down into the earth. Like, what the fuck's that going to be like? How fast am I going to be going? Yeah. Like, will I just rip apart before I even hit the ground? Like that would be the terrifying thing to me. Well, one yeah. of the one of the big mishaps that uh, um, almost happened upon the first reentry is the heat shield almost failed. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I mean, he was almost burned to a crisp coming back into uh, um, uh, the atmosphere. Yeah, and that's that that is really terrifying. So you know, he but he was a guy. He was a World War Two pirate, a pilot. Sorry, not a pirate. Nope. A World War II pirate, man. Yeah. That'd be really fucking interesting. So, that World War II pilot. World War II pilot, <laughs> Korean uh, war pilot, and mm-hmm. um, and then went into NASA, and then, and then right. you know, became... He was, he was only uh, in NASA. He, he, like, after, after 62, he retired, like, two years later. Yeah, yeah. And, but I guess he came back in 1998. Yeah, yeah. He went uh, on uh, the space shuttle Discovery. Discovery. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for, at age seventy-seven. Yeah, he, so, Damn. so he holds the title of being the oldest person, uh, oldest man uh, to go into space. Yeah. Wow. And then he was also a senator for the state of Ohio. So for I mean, ages. This guy, I mean, ninety-five years old. He had a big, you know, very fulfilling, epic life. And uh, you know, I, I'm, you know, I know that people are sad that he's gone. But when you have a life like that, I mean, there's really nothing to be sad about. Mm-hmm. The guy did you know a ton of stuff and and if anything he should just be celebrated for what he did so so john glenn you know face radio wishes you you know we salute you sir yeah a great afterlife if there is one yeah so the uh the next story on our docket here um recently well not recently this was uh, several months ago um there's an amber mine in uh, myanmar that uh has yielded some really interesting pieces of old fossilized dinosaur goodies luna yes a 99 million year old fossil was found uh with a dinosaur tail preserved in it in amber uh that has feathers Mm -hmm. now when i saw this pop up today i was like well that's really interesting because i thought all the dinosaurs turned into birds not the other way around so uh, I'm wondering what this discovery is going to kind of reveal, but also the fact that you have like a big chunk of tail section preserved in amber. I'm, I'm wondering if they're going to be able to get DNA from it, if they're going to be able to study uh, this thing in a little bit more of a Jurassic Park type of level. Well, one uh, would assume that they would. I mean, because there's even there was even um, flesh. Yeah, in there. there's flesh. 
there's the feather and then obviously the bone in there as well right. as some insects uh, that were caught in uh, in the amber. And to be clear, these aren't feathers that you would typically typically see on uh, you know t- today's birds. Um, from what the article states, these uh, these were these like you know an early type of feathers. They were more an adornment. Um, you know, mm-hmm. they may have been used, um, you know, in acquiring a mate, uh, and they most certainly were used to help regulate body temperature. You couldn't fly with these things. They're too uh, they're too flimsy. They don't have that that the thick hollowed structure that. Uh, modern day birds wings have you know uh more ornamental you know they looked good but yeah. uh, you know they they weren't useful oh they, i mean they could have been useful in the sense you said regulate temperature but it could also sure, be sure, to sure. like keep water off of you to, to keep the sun off of you like there's there's several other reasons like why humans have hair um sure so yeah so basically what they're saying is based on the structure of the tail uh researchers believe it belongs to a juvenile salurosaur i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right but salurosaur uh part of a group of theropod dinosaurs that includes everything from tyrannosaurs to modern birds so there you go it's uh, a big piece. Yeah, and it's tree it's there. from the uh, Cretaceous period, which is the last period uh, of dinosaurs mm-hmm. uh, that were on Earth. So, um, yeah, no, this is really cool. Uh, it's 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 a very cool find. Apparently, the amber is just the size of an apricot, so it's a super tiny sample. But in the article, which we'll post in the show notes uh, for uh, Facebook Radio, uh, they have some really nice close up pictures of the feathers, and they. They just look like these little tiny, soft, fluffy mm-hmm. feathers. Downy, and it's, yeah, downy, and it's and it's cool. It's cool to see it preserved that way. I like that it you know makes dinosaurs look like they might have been a lot more cuddly too. <laughs> <laughs> like that's just that's just comforting to the five year old in me. If 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 ever there's a time machine created, Calba uh, design is going to go back in time to go ahead and cuddle with dinosaurs. Oh, you betcha. To his detriment, yeah. And then I will be killed by Neanderthals like at some point, and it'll be terrible. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because yes, like I'm gonna stand like taller than them and upright, and like I'm gonna be like, oh, hello, how are you? And they're gonna think that I'm cursing them or something. Well, these guys are all about brute strength and like throwing stones. Yeah, and beating exactly. you With sticks. Yeah, so like, so. and there's a lot of them, and there's one yeah. of you. So, so I'll get stoned to death, but not in the fun way. <laughs> I, I don't think getting stoned to death is ever a fun thing. No, I mean, that was yeah. a marijuana joke. But see, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You, you could bring them edibles and then be revered as a god. Oh, that's true. Yeah. 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 That's a great idea. <laughs> or, you know, teach them some modern... Or a flamethrower and be revered yeah. as a god. I was going to say, a, a modern hunting technique okay. or cooking technique, yeah. you know. Okay, so, this, so then you just show like up with, like, work. an AK assault rifle and just mow them all down. Or, uh, you know, the big chief or something like that. And yeah. shoot a couple of the other ones and be yeah, like, exactly. it's just my boomstick. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and yeah. they won't understand it, but you know. <laughs> they won't understand it, but they will really fast once you have to use it. <laughs> yeah. To bring down a saber tooth or whatever. Oh, this is riveting radio. Uh, so, anyways, uh, the next story on our docket is about a uh, NASA Cassini spacecraft, mm-hmm. um, which has sent to Earth its first views of Saturn's atmosphere uh, since the beginning of its the last phase of its mission. And NASA posted the pictures of the atmosphere online. Um, and it's really kind of interesting uh, looking at this. It's it's all in black and white, of course. And, uh, you know, I guess the next phase of the mission is that it's going to uh, get some more data from Saturn's rings and, and do some imaging there. And uh, and then the last phase of the mission is they're actually going to send Cassini 
down into Saturn's mm-hmm. atmosphere oh, to neat. read data and get as much information probably before it crashes and burns. So, yeah. you know, it's kind of like a spacecraft Cassini suicide mission. So uh, a little backstory on Cassini. This uh, this probe was launched in 1997. Yeah, it's been okay. up there for a while. That's why we're getting these black and white photos because, you know, it's been out there for like 20 years. But it takes uh, it took like four years to get to Saturn in the first place. And its sole mission was to study the uh the saturn system because saturn has something like seven moons and then uh the rings around it as well i mean it's you know it's 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 arguably the the most entertaining and interesting uh planet up there because it's 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 got its own little microcosm there you know um i mean trillions of uh, of pieces of uh, of of rocks circling in this elliptical orbit um, you know, making the rings and then again seven you know small moons i mean it's, it's like a little solar yeah. system yeah um, so as, uh, as the Viking said, this, uh, this spacecraft here, um, it just sent some images to us and this is on the, uh, it, it's in the last year of, uh, operation. It's going to, uh, it's just started now, started doing loops around the planet. And, uh, the idea is to take several shots of the planet, uh, from North to South, uh, but then also, um, get really close to the rings and get some dope shots because there's a gap in the rings of fine dust, yep. and it's supposed to plow through that that gap. Oh, interesting! So it's just supposed to spin through and get shots of Saturn as it's going through the rings, uh, and it's supposed to do several of these until um, April of next year. Um, at which time it's going to swing by um, the two largest moons in Saturn, which will alter its uh, trajectory and take it into an ellipt- elliptical orbit. And then it'll finally ascend down into Saturn's um, uh, atmosphere in September of next year, uh, taking as much data uh, and analysis as possible before it inevitably crashes into whatever surface there probably maybe is on on Saturn. Possibly. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, though, but Saturn is a gas giant. It is a gas giant, so, yeah. but you know they hypothesize that there's uh, a solid core. There's somewhere a solid down core. There, Same yeah. thing with Jupiter. Yeah, there has exactly. to be something, you know, that, yeah, massive at the center that's together. keeping everything exactly. together. Yeah. Um, so, I think it, I think it'll be really interesting to see what it discovers too, because I think it might actually possibly give us some insight onto how our own atmosphere developed and how life on Earth was was able to, to evolve and and become something where we can broadcast at the radio and talk to you people. So, um, it's it's really neat. Um, I think it's gonna like potentially give us some some views on what it is to be human really just by studying other planets and other things that are developing around us i can dig that that's yeah. uh, you know that's a solid philosophy right there i like that thank you yeah, yeah absolutely welcome. and it, it it's it would be interesting to see just the kind of readings on they get on uh what kind of gases are in the air of saturn as well as uh i don't know if they're going to be able to maybe eventually in the future actually get onto the surface and you know see if they can find more information so you know you know, space exploration is kind of like taking large baby steps, and hopefully this this will lead us to some bigger baby steps when it comes to Saturn. Saturn is an absolutely enormous, enormous planet, so it's going to take us many, many years to explore it if 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 we survive long enough to be able to do so. It's honestly. it's only dwarfed by uh, Jupiter in its well, in its size. Yeah, and, and bringing it back to the the whole John Glenn thing, like I mean, look at how far we've come in the last uh what like 50 some odd years and and how much further in space we can actually go like that's pretty neat and like a really interesting sign and like all those baby steps have added up to us being able to explore further and further yay 
Yeah, as long as NASA's budget doesn't get destroyed by the um, oncoming current administration. So, uh, uh, getting back on topic, <laughs> yes. Um, did you guys take a look at the photos? That, yeah. Uh, yes, oh, I did. These are so cool. Yeah. Like the that shape. This, um, you know, what I was never really good with. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's six sided. Uh, you know, and if this, you know, if there's a pentagon has eight sides, then uh, is that a sexagon? Yeah. Or a sectagon? Sectagon. It's a sectagon. Okay. So, like, if if you look at the cloud formation, it's it's really cool. I mean, because it it's it's got. Uh, it's got a really defined shape, which you wouldn't expect to see naturally occurring. But I mean, it just, it looks so cool. And I mean, granted, these are black and white photos, but um, it still doesn't, you know, like take away from how cool this looks. I love astronomy. I've always loved astronomy. So um, when you see the story on there, I, you know, that little kid in me was just like, yeah. <laughs> we can just talk about planets for a few minutes. Woohoo. So um, expect a lot of uh, photos coming in here um, in the future. I, uh, I for one, am excited. Anything that comes up with, uh, with, with the planets and, you know, awesome images and, you know, just, you know, talking about, you know, I mean, think about the, the, the amount of, of, uh, mathematical, like genius that goes into tr plotting a trajectory yeah. mm -hmm. for, for one of these satellites, you know, yeah. to and, constantly and the, redo this and change the course and have to work on the, you know, the axis of, you know, the way this thing's flying and how it's going to slingshot off of gravity and then catch up with this at the right time, the optimum, and like, it's, it's boggling. It's insanely precise. Yeah. That's it. That's, that's what I was going to say is, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing how, how ridiculously specific and how much you have to double, triple, quadruple check everything and make sure that like you actually have like this thing that's going to launch and go back to where you need it to be instead of just going way over the, the trajectory and way over the target or mm -hmm. crashing and burning. It's yes. math yeah. way beyond our skill levels, I can tell you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I got as far physics. as algebra and yeah. boo. Yeah. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson probably could talk more expertly on the subject. Of, he probably yeah, could. He would, he would wave his hands around a lot more and walk over the microphones, though. Yeah. Th that's a possibility, but I'm okay with that. Neil, yeah. if yeah. you're listening, we would love to have you on the show. Please. Uh, Please. I know that's wishful thinking, but I would love to. <laughs> I would love to just sit with him for like 30 minutes to an hour and just listen to him explain how the universe works. Uh, well, we have a, a guest panelist joining us uh, at the spur of the moment here. Gate crasher. Yeah, can you introduce yourself? What's going on? It's Patty Kay from the Ruffies. <laughs> and uh, and one can only wonder what Patty Kay was just doing. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, welcome, Patty Kay. Sorry, that's funny. On there. There, there. Uh, hello. Hello. It's good to see and hear you all. Yeah, you sound good on that mic. You sound good. Thank you. You yeah. know, you've uh, you've mic. been on quite a bit lately. Um, well, our our show as well as uh, some of the other shows. So what you've can got, I say? been uh, kind of a uh, you've been a, I like to say a repeat offender. Oh yes, it's yeah, true. Yeah, I yeah. would say he's just stalking you. <laughs> oh no 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 no! I, uh, I I don't fall into his classification. Well. Oh no, he's also outside of your window when you're sleeping. So. Well. Oh well, when he's not outside your window. Well, I mean, yeah, but it's I know a, he's it's there. A, it's a I, like, I like schedule. wave at him, invite him in, and tell him he can have have some cocoa. Apparently, and he's like, "No, I'm good out here." PK so. stalks everybody at the Plex. Um, PK, just just to forewarn you, I have swords. Ah, it's all uh, right. <laughs> I'm I, I'm working on getting a battle axe. I have I have I have reindeer for you to practice on. I'm much, I'm actually much like Santa Claus. <laughs> I have I have a large collection of Nerf reindeer. weapons, so you know. Ooh, that that, that might too. come firing at you at some point. <laughs> All right, we'll get some swords and some nerf hilarious. weapons, some reindeer. We'll have a good old hoedown. Right. 
All right, all right. Well, well, getting back to our our nerd docket here. Um, so, uh, the National Oceanic and As- Atmospheric Administration Pacific Tsunami Warning Center, that is a long freaking title, uh, mm-hmm. released a video Friday mapping every earthquake as it occurred from January first, two thousand one, through December thirty first, two thousand fifteen. And on this uh, article, which we will link to the show notes uh, after tonight, is this huge map. There's a couple. There's one flat map of Earth where you could see all these little pings of earthquakes going off. And the biggest like circles are, are the higher magnitude earthquakes. And then there's another map uh, that, that rotates around the globe showing all of the earthquakes going off around the world for the last... 15 years now this is particularly interesting because guess what happened in california today did we have an earthquake today? we had an earthquake today i never feel them it well it was way north of here oh, okay. and uh it was a 6.5 magnitude off of the coast mm. it was actually in the ocean um so oh. basically nobody felt it oh. Um, oh, okay but of course it was all over the news oh my god there was an earthquake in california people freak out but uh <laughs> what do you guys think of this uh this map Okay, so yeah, it's kind of scary. And if you if you watch like all, a lot of them, for the most part, they happen around the coastlines, and they sure. happen on like certain kind of rings throughout the planet right. where um, the tectonic plates meet. Yeah, and and it's where it's where there's a lot of population also. Um, and yeah, that's kind of scary. But the thing that I'll say about earthquakes is earthquakes last for like fucking ten seconds. If you're going through like a tornado, you got to hunker down for like a fucking day. You know what? You bring up a really good so, point. You bring up a really solid point. I've I've known a lot of people who live out in the Midwest. Yeah, people who live on the East Coast, especially further south. You know, uh, in the Carolinas or or, uh, or or Florida, and they're like, "Well, fuck living in California. You have earthquakes." I'm like, "Well, you know what? At least uh, you know uh, we get a big earthquake what every ten years." Yeah, you guys have hurricanes and tornadoes regularly every year. Yeah. Every year, every year. You have to worry we get about a real that good shit. one. You we have a. The- fu- we get a one. Sorry, we get uh, we get a one that, that you know really fucks shit up every like hundred years. That's the one yeah. where you really worry with it. Yeah, like, exactly. And no, like, even if it only lasts ten seconds, like yeah. everything is fucked. And oh. and like you have you have like a season for them. Like you know when they're coming and yeah. you prepare for them. And like that's that's crazier to me than it just being like a thing where it's like oh shit that happened. Is everyone okay? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have to I worry about my, my knee, house getting fucking you know, you know yeah. t- taken up uh, you know or or yeah exactly or, you know. My, 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 my house flooding, you know, right. um, you know, I don't have to worry about that. I mean, granted, you know, when that big one hits, you hope the house doesn't collapse on you, but I mean, you know, at least it's not something I'm like, well, fuck, yeah. we're in the middle of tornado season. I hope one doesn't demolish it. It's like, you know, earthquakes going to fucking happen when it happens. Yeah. And well, don't say the judgment of God because we don't believe in any of that shit, do we? No. Well, just think about, uh, the overall like humidity level of like all the coastal regions around, uh, the Atlantic seaboard through the Gulf of Mexico compared like around here. You on the coast, you got to worry about water damage and stuff. But all over Florida, that shit's that—that's a yearly battle, like yeah. having to eat, having to deal with that. And yeah. Yeah, all across Alabama, Mississippi, like Georgia, all the way across the um and you know, Gulf Coast. If you look at their coastlines versus our coastlines too, and you have like big seismic waves coming, like we're already higher up on a hill just because of the way our beaches are built. Like I mean, the natural way, like there a lot of them have cliffs, and a lot of them have like higher ground right away off the water versus. There is, which are like for miles and miles inland. It's fucking flat. So if you have a big ass wave coming, there's not shit to stop it. Mm-hmm. That scares me more. That's a good point. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, um, when the big earthquake hit in Japan a few years back and the tsunami kind of came towards the West Coast, um, my dad has a boat in Santa Cruz Harbor. And um, when the tsunami finally was just about to kind of end up here in California, uh, all the water in Santa Cruz Harbor went out. Mm-hmm. Yep. And all the boats went to the ground, and luckily yep. his his boat was on dry dock, thank goodness. But, you know, earthquakes around the world, you know, even in Japan, can affect us here in California. Sure. Oh, it's absolutely. just a very rare, rare thing, you know? And it's very rare when we have one so big that it does the massive damage that we, you know... I mean, who was around here for the 89 quake? Oh, I definitely remember that. Oh, yeah. I yeah. was a small tyke, but I definitely remember that. Traumatized the shit out of me. It was great. You know, um, <laughs> funny funny story. Um, the uh, Let's see. The 89 quake was up here, and then uh, two years prior to that, there was the uh, um, the Northridge. Oh, no. Uh, that was mid-90s, man. That was like 93 or 94. 87 and 89. There was a big earthquake down in LA in 87, and then there was a big earthquake here in 89. Oh, okay. Like two years apart. I'm, I'm positive of this. Anyways. Um, my family moved around a lot when I was younger between, uh, LA and here, LA and here. So when that big quake hit in 87 down in LA, I was up here. And when that big quake hit in 89 up here, I was down there. Oh, wow. So I you missed, missed both, both of them. them. Wow. That, that, that was like one of those childhood experiences that I'll never, ever, ever forget. It's just like ingrained yeah. in my mind visually, yeah. um, you know, uh, going to the bathroom when I was seven years old, the earthquake hit. Uh, my uh-huh. mom was at Candlestick Park at the Giants game with my uncle. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> and they were, but they were fine. You know, actually, she told me after the earthquake hit, everybody in the game uh, wanted the game to resume. Number one. Number two. Um, you know, they they had fun. They said it was a party. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they didn't know what was going on to the rest of the city. So, yeah. My my memory of the the earthquake actually involves the game too. Um, I was a lot younger. I was a couple months away from turning three, um, and uh, Rescue Rangers had just ended, and my brother nice. and I are in the <laughs> living room, and it's the credits for Rescue Rangers. And my mom comes in and turns it to uh, the World Series, and then walks out. And as soon as she walks out, uh, the earthquake happened, and everything started shaking. And my mom was running back out, screaming, yelling, and freaking out that my brother and I are gonna die, and grabs us and we sit in the doorway. And we had no idea what had happened. That's that's when I knew. That's when I found out what an earthquake was. Uh huh. When you experienced it yeah. for the first time. For the no, first for time. sure. I remember yeah. like just seeing the like the big thing pull up on my mom's little like breakable little fancy little shits, and <laughs> and that and that thing falling over and it just being like, oh man, whoever knocked that over is in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh, this is a big fucking deal because that thing is not supposed to fall. <laughs> like that was the sort of mom is gonna be so mad. <laughs> Damn you, Mother Nature! It's time for a spanking. Yeah, we uh, we're actually really overdue here in California. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, this is this is. Uh, I mean, for Californians, this is this isn't a topic that we really worry about. This is a topic for debate and like conjecture. Like, hmm, when's that big one gonna hit? You know, like, yeah. uh, when when are we gonna be screwed? You know, when's California gonna break off and sink into the the ocean? That's no that's break off and become our own island. Possible. Yeah. I think, that's that's what I'm hoping. I yeah. think Newt Scarmander said it uh, best. You know, it's not worth uh, worrying about it. There, it's not worth suffering about it twice, so don't worry about it. Yeah. Nice. Turns out the Sierras are just like a perforated edge from underneath the crust, the Earth's yeah. crust, and then it's just going to snap us off, put us out in the ocean, and then, you know, uh, Western Nevada will be the new coastline yeah. of the U.S. Yeah, yeah, snap yeah. you that's, off. That's what I hear. And, and yeah. you guys, you know, it's theoretical. Yeah. It's, it's all theoretical. It's, it's very possible that, that that won't even happen at all. 
even if we do get a really big one. No, I didn't. You know? ex- I didn't experiment on on another country. It works. Oh, really? Totally works. <laughs> Good job. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. That's terrifying. I guess we should all listen to Tool and uh, yeah. move to Arizona. Um, they're yeah. local, uh, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> Patty. Patty. Denial might be a state, but it's not a country. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. I thought it was a river. Yeah, right. That's uh, you, you should get that put on a shirt, like uh, you're uh, chemically speaking. You know, whiskey is a solution. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's all. I mean, if you, as long as you got the freaking to get all, all all preach about it. As long as you got the goddamn houses that are all built right and everything like that. It's like when they hit, and, you know, you could you, if everybody had sweet future mushroom domes. Then. <laughs> oh, there, there's a lot of things set in place. I mean, like California Electrical Code says that, like when you when you make a wire go around a corner, you have to give it slack so that way, if the house comes out of square because of an earthquake, it's not going to snap the wires and create a fire. Like oh. there's a, there's a lot of things like that that are set in place in in just our structural code and our building codes that that keep us safe when those sorts of things happen. I mean, even modern buildings like tall skyscrapers are built to sway instead of be rigid, so that way they'll shake back and forth and not actually just crumble to the ground if there's a giant earthquake the architectural shimmy yeah yeah uh, and they do the same thing for roller coasters too but um well you know i gotta say what's cool about this map is that it really does give people an idea that yeah earthquakes are happening all the time every mm-hmm. single day here's a visual aid to show you what's going on you know on the earth and and i think that's a really cool uh thing that they had put out for everybody's i don't know uh general education purposes but uh it's just a cool visual. So, yeah, we'll definitely post that in the show notes for the episode. So uh, Google is developing this thing called Wing Marketplace, and it's basically a drone delivery program uh, that they want to use for, you know, people ordering food. So <sighs> apparently they've been talking to Domino's Pizza and Whole Foods as possible partners in this delivery program that would cost a six dollar fee. For you to have your hot, steaming hot pizza brought to you. Uh, you know, Kyle, since you are in the pizza biz, I want to yeah. hear your opinion on this. Okay, so in my professional experience, uh, it has been very difficult to keep drivers. It's a position that people don't really like very much because a lot of times you have to go out and sit in traffic. You're in your car a lot and that kind of sucks for work. Um, it takes a, a specific person that wants to go do that. Not only that, you have to knock on people's doors like random fucking strangers and talk to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you're actually back at the store, usually you have to do dishes and take out the trash. So it's bitch work. So it's it's kind of bitch work. But the thing that's nice about uh, actually having a human is if they don't mind taking out the trash and, uh, you know, knocking on random people's doors, um, they can make a good amount of money in tips. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're busy and if they're taking a bunch of deliveries, they can easily walk away with a couple hundred bucks. Which is like for a night's work where you are mostly sitting down is pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Um, and so it would be easier in that sense. Uh, but there is the the problem. The biggest problem that I see is that there's going to be a lot of tech involved in that, and um, people that work in restaurants often are not very technologically inclined. Um, so well, wouldn't it stand a reason that it, the partnership would consist of, all right, we're delivering your product. We handle the logistics and possibly all of the tech and everything behind it. Possibly. And you just, you know, you just have like a little landing pad, you know, on the roof or outside the front door, <laughs> yeah. well, that's, you that's, know, like it's a receiving bay, you know, right. like here, you just put the package there. It's got the special hooks on it. And this thing comes and flutters on over and boop, picks it up and dips out. Yeah. Maybe. Um, that's the other thing that you might get is like people that call in and they expect you to be able to send a drone to them in like 20 minutes with a fresh hot pizza. And you're like, no, but dude, we're right by the fucking airport. So we can't actually send you a drone. 
Like oh, you're calling yeah, from a yeah. place that's right by the airport. So the, like the logistics of it in that way oh, might okay. be really difficult to, okay. or like we're not zoned to have a drone land on our roof or yeah. we don't have a place where we can actually do that. Cause we don't, we are in, um, well, like we're not a standalone, we're in a strip mall. And yeah. so we like, we can't actually have a place where we have a landing space for the drone. There's no safe place to do well, it. That also opens up, you know, the, the discussion of, you know, having these drones crisscrossing the airspace above all of our respective homes and businesses. Like, yep. Now you're going to have to have somebody who is who is uh, coordinating all of this, you know, uh, somebody to oversee this branch that is doing all of this. And then you got to you got to get the, the guys who are flying these things around no, 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 or no. the all the automations doing yeah. it. Yeah. Automation will probably do it. One of the things that would be kind of cool, though, is like occasionally you might just be hanging out in your backyard and a drone crash lands and brings you a fresh pizza. <laughs> no, so we were talking about free this. pizza, right? We were talking about this, the uh, the ability to sit out on your roof and be like, hey, cool, there's a 12 pack of beer. I live right next to the pizza joint and I just sit here <laughs> yeah. and shoot it. Just, just sit out there with an airsoft gun. Yeah. Just like, thunk, thunk. Uh, cool. All right, we got dinner. Well, I don't want him to go out yeah. of business, so yeah, I just try to get the get the strap. Yeah, there you yeah. go. You don't want to damage the actual... Yeah. Well, you, you, you must be a pretty wicked shot if you're going for the strap. Well, a nice wedge issue will be for people who like to party late at night. Well, oh, the party ran out of booze. Let's order a bottle of vodka. And now we don't have somebody trying to drive on the road. Yeah, yeah Postmates does that though too. Huh? Postmates already does that. Oh, what DoorDash, po- they'll they'll go to the liquor store for you and, and pick yeah. up alcohol. Yeah. Similarly, no one wants to sit in their car though and then yeah. get yeah, but, well, you get like park outside of a place. I worked for but, Postmates for a minute. Park outside of a place and run in and then you feel bad because you either have to tip the fucking person who you're getting the food from or not tip them because that's your money. And then you got to show up and the people are mad because they're wait- they're hungry. And the You'd be sold. surprised. I mean, the, the pizza place I, I work like at, the, we, like we do, we do Uber Eats and DoorDash. And um, on a busy night, we probably do uh, Uber Eats. We don't utilize as much, but uh, we probably do just as much business with the two of them combined as we do with our own deliveries. Okay. Yeah. So there's a lot of people that are turning to those methods, and yeah. uh, like it's honestly, it's not the best because they're going to charge you a little bit more than the company would yep. in the delivery fee. Um, and often you don't have like I've seen people do the dumbest things where they take a box of pizza, which you're supposed to keep horizontal, and stick it under their arm like it's a fucking notebook, uh, and they're going to class with it, and they just like ruin the pizza, or they don't have like a bag to keep it in, so the like, and they're they're going to take it somewhere that's like thirty minutes away. And the the pizza is going to get cold by the time you get it to the delivery. Now, that that's, so. that's a point. I want to bring up two points. That's a point I wanted to bring up. First of all, how do they keep, if it's a hot food product, how do they keep it hot with yep. a drone flying in the middle of the air? You know, <laughs> yep. California, you know, it, it gets a little chilly here in the winter. But can you imagine this happening in the snowstorm in the Midwest? Oh, yeah. You know, this, this is just not going to happen. Um, <laughs> you know, styrofoam's pretty light. And, uh... What, cheap, what happens when the drones start falling out of the sky and like the, somebody gets like hit on the head or hit yeah. somebody's car? Like <laughs> well, you do have property car. damage. You do have that liability <laughs> sometimes uh, also with a driver, though, too, because you have somebody that's, sure. that's working that's on the road as an employee. That's true. Clock. But a drone won't fall onto a driver's and, and, car. And with a driver, there's an established uh, liability and insurance situation. Yes, sure. that's true. No. I, I'm sure you would have to like somehow work out the logistics of that. The They'll only problem is... liability insurance, yeah. You would be Some somebody kind of that or like, something. Yeah, somehow has fucking... Yeah, you know that happened, or maybe you just get a pizza with bullet holes in it because Steve is trying to get your fucking pizza well, see, away from that's you. That's the second thing I wanted to bring up was drone sabotage. Yeah. You know, somebody sees one of these drones and say, in the future, they're delivering. You know, like we've seen Amazon people's Amazon.com packages. 
you just sit up there with with the right kind of rifle bam you shoot that fucker down and you get you get that product Mm -hmm. pellet gun to the propellers you'll knock him down yeah yeah i mean and and honestly a drone's probably going to spin out and so like a whole trajectory kind of thing with the bullet is is not even going to really apply because how many times did the drone rotate before hit the ground so Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, like you're not, like it's gonna be really hard. You're like, well, it's someone in the area, but we don't know where. Like it could be like a, a mile radius all around us. So. Yeah, but like, for, for the less picky of us, it's like, oh, that one's got a pizza. I, I don't care what's on it. Free pizza is good. Yeah, free is is. I think people around here appreciate free pizza. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Well, it's ten o'clock. It is. It is ten o'clock, and this is the end of Face for Radio for the evening. Uh, I want to thank my panelists. Uh, you guys are awesome. Um, we even had a couple of surprise people jump on the mic tonight. So to close had out a nice sh- rotating panel. We definitely. did. We had a very rotating panel. So, uh, you know, we got PK and Kyle by design and this fucking guy and Steve on keys. Steve on keys. And, you know, this is the lady Viking. And thank you for joining us this evening. And, uh, you know, we will be back here next Thursday uh, from probably not until 10. We will be here at seven, but we will be breaking early to go see Rogue One. Yep. And then, of course, probably be talking about it on the next show. So if um, you do want to be on next week's panel, if you've been on the show before, if you've not been on the show before and you want to hang out with us before we go see Rogue One, uh, reach out to us on our Facebook page. It's Face for Radio on Facebook. That's our Facebook group. Um, or if you know us personally, uh, then definitely give us a shout out. Um, I am not against doing a full panel like this with uh, with the five of us. Uh, but yeah, we will be doing an early showing. We will be ending uh, probably about 9.30 so we can pop over there, uh, get good seats. Um, so if you're interested, go ahead and uh, and drop us a little message. Uh, and if anything, just go ahead and check out our Facebook group page, um, Face Radio, um, and uh, and say hi to us because you know we want the attention. We love it. We've already got so many members in just the last, what, two days, two days. since we put the page up yeah. finally. So um, we're definitely gaining steam. And uh, if you want to check out some of the... Uh, Previous episodes, the latest, the last two uh, episodes are also up on the Facebook page um, with links to um, our main page and Stitcher. So, and then you can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, uh, and then be sure to check out our other shows, uh, Local Love on Tuesday from 9 to midnight, as well as the Plex on Sundays from 6 to 9 p.m. 